Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. everyone, my name is Catherine and if you don't know me already, I've been at Ivy for almost 19 years now, which is a bit scary, um, but I also play a role on the staff team. However, that's normally very much behind the camera and not in front of it, so this is an unusual position to be in. I confess I've thought about multiple ways of getting out of doing this. But when I've spoken to God about it, he has stirred my heart to remind me of why I should do it. And that reason is you. It's for everyone listening. It is for his church. The work we get to do as disciples of Christ doesn't just benefit ourselves, but it's for the benefit of all. Or as we see described in 1 Corinthians 12, it's for the common good. We're currently in our series called Eagerly Desire Spiritual Gifts, and we've covered a lot of ground already, but there is more, there is always more, as we explore how we can grow as a supernatural community that is all about Jesus, and the parts that every single one of us has to play in that. We will get to our core scripture passage from 1 Corinthians 12 in a moment, But as context, I wanted to share an additional passage that I've been drawn to as I've been preparing, and that's Ephesians 4, where Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, which was a coastal city in modern-day Turkey, and he wrote, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching or by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Meaning for us that every one of us has got work to do. And we're in that time now where we're building foundations, we're building maturity, and we're building unity. And this is why we're going through each of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're praying that you'll be excited about the power of the Holy Spirit, about discovering and maturing in the gifts he has distributed to each one of us. For some, you'll be hearing about these gifts for the first few times and perhaps recognising some of them within you and being given a language for it or maybe tools for how to use it. For you, this is the time for building foundations. For some of you, it might be a case of gifts that you know you've had in the past, 
but they perhaps become dull or even dormant. This is the time for you to be building maturity. And for still others, this is the time of application, of speaking up and out about the gifts you know you've been given and the ones you've been exercising, but perhaps privately or quietly. This is the time for building unity, for all these gifts are to be shared for the common good. So wherever you're at, there's something in this teaching series for all of us. Today we're looking at the gift of distinguishing between spirits, or as the Amplified Bible explains, the ability to distinguish sound, godly doctrine from the deceptive doctrine of man-made religions and cults. Ooh, so are we ready? If you're someone like me, you like to know where a talk's going. You want to know the framework. So today we're going to be talking about what the gift is and isn't, why it's important, where we can use it, and then I'll share some elements around how we can use it. So all fairly straightforward so far. What is this gift? This gift is described as distinguishing between spirits. The word distinguishing in the Greek, the original language when the letter was written, is diakritikos. This can be translated as to examine, to question, to separate thoroughly, and to know the difference between. Some people will describe this as the gift of discernment, but I actually think to name it as distinguishing between spirits is helpful because it's not just an observational gift, it requires subsequent actions. As we're going through our daily lives, we have so much information that we're bombarded with. Our phones alone are mini computers of information, much of which we don't actually need to know. Our physical and spiritual senses pick up on the things that we see, we hear, we smell and we touch. And all of those things are giving us information. They're all telling us something, but how do we know what that is and whether it's true? When I think about this gift, I imagine it acting as a kind of decision-making flowchart where you've got information coming in at the top and then it's our job to examine that information, to take a closer look, to ask some yes or no questions and to find out more about it. And then ultimately we can separate it out and categorise it, leading us to a point where we need to do something about that information. What's the resulting action we need to do next? It's an example of why this gift is important. It's from a Christian conference I was in a little while ago, and the speaker brought what I felt was an insightful and timely word, which resonated hugely in my spirit. However, there was a section which seemed slightly unplanned, where they went into an off-topic direction, which then caused a stir in the room, and unfortunately upset a number of people, to the point at which an apology was actually given after the talk by the organisers. Now my concern was that what I believed was the word of the Lord in that moment was seemingly snatched away by some unnecessary words that had caused hurt and offence. And that hurt meant that people had quickly forgotten what had seemed to be true as their focus and they'd been turned away and into that distraction. The fact is that we know the devil is all about distraction, deception and destruction. 
He wants us to be off topic, to be offended, to turn away from the word of the Lord and to be disunified. He wants us to stay as those infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there. But God has called us to maturity. He has called us to unity and to the fullness of Christ. Why would we settle for anything less than that? This gift enables us to examine and categorise what we've heard, seen or felt through our senses and then discern the source of what we've heard, seen or felt. Is the source of what I'm experiencing right now human? So is it something seen and felt purely by my physical or emotional senses? Perhaps I've had a run-in with someone earlier in the day and I'm feeling a bit cheesed off, but I know that there's nothing more behind that than the fact that I'm tired and I need to go to bed earlier. Or is it that I'm spiritually sensing something that is holy from the Holy Spirit or something demonic from the devil? How I need to react to those things is very different, so we need to be able to examine humanly and spiritually. If we're examining something that's human, holy or demonic, does that mean that we should only use this gift within the church? Absolutely not. We need to use this gift everywhere. It isn't just a gift for inside the church, although that is an important place for it to be utilised, because we do need to be able to distinguish sound, godly beliefs from the deceptive beliefs of man-made religions, cults and popular opinion. But how much more so are we needing to do that outside of our homes and outside of our church buildings? We need this gift when we've got a business meeting with a prospective client and they seem really keen, but you've got a sense not to pursue that business. It doesn't seem to make earthly sense because perhaps it would be a profitable connection. And yet there's something that makes you feel uncomfortable. In that situation, we can ask, is there something here that is human, holy, or demonic? Maybe you're listening to a friend and they're sharing a story about something that they've experienced, but you've got a sense that there's more to it. You're hearing what's being said, but you're wondering what's not being said. Is there something more here than is immediately obvious? And is it human, holy, or demonic? Perhaps even you walk into a venue, a restaurant, a hotel, somewhere that's not your own, and you immediately feel like something's off. There's an atmosphere that you can't necessarily describe, but you know something changed within your spirit when you walked in. You need to ask, what has influence and control within that space? And is it human, holy, or demonic? You may have had experiences like this before and not realised it is God speaking to you through this gift of distinguishing spirits. And it's to help you to understand what is really going on, to encourage you, to warn you, or to help you make choices for your good and for the good of others. I do want to add a cautionary word here that this gift is not simply about making a judgement about people or places and then doing nothing further. We can make judgments through our distinguishing process about the spirits at work, but we must take care to recognise that the spirits are using those people and places as vehicles for their work. 
This means that when a person or place is under the influence of demonic spirits, we don't need to fear what we've seen, felt or heard, but we do need to ask Holy Spirit what should we do next. Equally, a person or place filled with the Holy Spirit is not the thing that we pursue or idolise. When an awakening came to Asbury University early this year, people flocked to go and see, to hear, to feel and to touch the Holy Spirit. But they're not still there. They've returned home with testimonies of all that the Lord was doing, not what Asbury University was doing. We need to take care to pursue and uphold the gift giver above all of the other people and places. So we've covered a lot of ground here already, and there's a lot more that we could speak about, but I wanted to make sure to give some practical tools on operating in this gift for the common good. The first tool and our greatest plumb line for distinguishing between spirits is the Bible. When we're in our decision-making flowchart, we need to know what is truth and examine against that. In the ages of cash being king, bank tellers would be trained to spot counterfeit notes, not simply by analysing those counterfeit versions, because they can often change and adapt, but by holding and handling true currency, which is unchanging. This trains them to know how the true currency looks and feels, so that the counterfeit versions just stand out, they're obvious. And as we distinguish between those spirits, we need to make sure that we're not fascinated by the counterfeit. This is not a talk to encourage you to delve into those things unprepared. It is, however, a talk to encourage you to be so consumed by the truth of scripture that the counterfeit is separated out as false. So make sure you spend a lot of time with the genuine and authentic source of truth, the Bible. The second tool is to distinguish in time. Yes, sometimes there are immediate decisions and actions when the demonic might be obvious, or there are times when the Holy Spirit is at work within his people, and you must respond and join in with what the Holy Spirit is doing in that moment. But there are other times when the distinguishing process is less clear. The spirits are more subtle, and it takes longer to examine what's happening. That's okay. Sometimes we see the source of the spirits by the fruit that they produce. It's the fruit of what is happening in this personal place. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. That is the work of the Holy Spirit and we recognise him by his fruit. Or is the fruit in the person or place hate, anger, confusion, accusation or disunity? Well then that could be the work of our fallen spirit or demonic spirits and again can be seen by the fruit in time. We can watch, wait and see. Our third tool is our community. Yes, the gifts can be used independently but I don't believe that they're supposed to be used in isolation. Sometimes our process needs to be shared with other trusted individuals to examine and act with you. What can they see and do that you cannot alone? 
I think that one of the devil's strategies is often for you to discredit yourself. And this is one of my biggest battle areas. Has he ever asked you, what right have you got to speak about this when you're dot, dot, dot? Has he ever made you think that this gift is a curse because you don't always want to be the person that brings the negative? And that's what it can feel like sometimes. Has he ever constricted your voice so much that you feel incapable of speaking or fear of getting it wrong or even gossiping? Again, I know that some of you will know what this feels like. When we discredit ourselves, we retreat, we get quieter and we become more isolated and bound. And we need to see the strategy of the devil for what that discreditation is. Lies. The Holy Spirit himself has distributed this gift as he has determined and he is trustworthy. If you have this gift, it is a gift and it is not a curse. It isn't to always be the negative one, it is the gift of speaking positively of what Holy Spirit is doing and then removing any blockages of demonic spirits. Let's use this opportunity to reframe what the gift is for. It's a gift we need to practice and we might not always know whether we got it right but we will know if we honoured the gift giver by trying. And whilst we do need to share this gift in community there is a cautionary note here about gossip and that is a genuine thing we want to avoid because gossip speaks in private corners with an underhand purpose. But isn't it interesting that the devil can use something that has truth to become your bondage? How many times have we heard him say, did God really say? He was using that tactic in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And Charles Spurgeon said about distinguishing between spirits that it is not judging between right and wrong, but right and almost right. We must hold the full breadth of scripture to also hold the truth that this gift has been given for our common good and will be rendered useless if we remain silent and inactive. When using these gifts, find and develop friendships where we can eagerly decide these spiritual gifts together. And as we're just able to scratch the surface of this gift within the talk, I also wanted to offer the opportunity for anyone who wants to discuss this more to join me and a few others in a couple of weeks' time to have a brew and go into more depth on it. We'll share more details on that later, but do join us. And as we land this talk now, the fourth and final tool I want us to be aware of is the condition of our hearts. Proverbs 4.23 tells us, above all else, guard our hearts for everything we do flows from it. This means that our ability to distinguish between spirits, or in fact any of the spiritual gifts, is directly affected by the condition of our hearts. If you're feeling dull or dormant spiritually, I need to ask you, how is your heart? If it's soft, beating strongly, full of life and vitality, then you will hear and see clearer, you will speak louder, there will be purity of motivation and you will love more abundantly. You'll be sensitive to the moves of the Holy Spirit and flow with him. But if your heart is feeling bruised or maybe hardened, everything just gets harder, doesn't it? But it doesn't need to stay that way, and can I implore you not to let it stay that way? 
We're going to take some time now, wherever you are, to pause and pray for a moment to ask for Holy Spirit's help to examine the condition of our hearts so that we can take hold of our opportunities to build foundations, to build maturity and to build unity. Don't stay held back, but eagerly desire all of the spiritual gifts for our common good.